Guess who? And guess what? Footy Prime is launching a gin, and we're having a party to celebrate. Thursday, June 6th, join the whole FB crew for Footy Prime's one-night stand at Nickel Nine Distillery in Toronto. Come celebrate Footy Prime's one-ball gin with Nickel Nine Distillery mixologists on hand, Charmin's proper pies, meet-and-greet and photo ops with your favorite primers, and a live Atska's Almost Anything podcast. Footy Prime's one-night stand, June 6th at 7 p.m. till when we kick you out. Tickets at eventbrite.ca. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. June 2021. One of the finest months in sporting in history. From Euro 2020, Copa America and the World Cup qualifiers, to the NHL playoffs and NBA playoffs. But one event truly stands out amongst them all. And one athlete has stand tall amongst all others. Wasabi the Pekingese on Sunday claimed the title at the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. Congratulations to this mammoth talent. And let's get this party started. Pekinese's aren't dogs. They're more like cats, for Christ's sakes, aren't they? Listen, I'm a big dog fan. You know that. I've got two dogs. Love my dogs. All about the kennel shows. But a Pekinese? Come on. Welcome to the first Footy Prime podcast. Full one, proper one of Euro 2020. Sherman Wonger, that was JC. Craig Forrest is here. Brendan Dunlop's here. We're all dog people here, aren't we? All of us. Be honest, dog, fellas. Do, do you actually people. watch the, um, the, the kennel club shows and what no. do you make of Pekingese well Sharms you had a a dog actually sadly pass away and within 24 hours I think you had another one do you remember that, <laughs> that <way. laughs> it looks a lot like the last one too so you probably forgot about it I ne- can never forget about Freddy ever how can you say such a terrible thing he's always <laughs> you're, clearly a, you're clearly a cat person Gregor who me <laughs> I like cats and dogs. I just ended up with two cats. Do you have two cats now? Yeah. yeah one, one, really is, two one, and one is half gigantic. One, one is massive. Really? Massive. The biggest, fattest cat. Could be on a Monopoly I money. I should bring her into the show. You should. If I, please bring a cat onto the show. I can't find her. Great she's, probably, she's probably eating cushions. 
You know, on on the subject of Pekingese, all joking aside, I uh, me and my roommate, this is Christ, twenty five years ago now. Him and his missus, they they split up, and um, they just had a new baby a year or so before, and they had this Pekingese called Winston, and and his his ex ex girlfriend kept the child, and we when he moved him and me, we got the Pekingese. <laughs> mm. Winston the Pekingese, and uh, he, we actually shaved him. Because you know it was a we just couldn't come to terms of two guys as we were owning a Pekingese together, so we had to shave him. He looked hard ass, man. He was tough. Was Winston? True story. Yeah, it's really hard to believe, Sharp. Thanks for that one. It's <laughs> 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 a farting church story. <laughs> I guess we should get to the football then, shouldn't we? <laughs> we should. Oh God, I'm so tired. It's been what? It's not even a weekend for Christ's oh, sake. So I'm kind of exhausted right now. I'm Man, with I'm you, buddy. Sucker. You know what? This reminds me so much of those Copa America. That Copa America month that we did at the score back in 2011. Uh, the tournament was in Argentina. It was 30 straight days, and it was we were doing radio before the games. I think the games started at like two or five, but they were all like 10 hour days, and you're just riding on fast food and adrenaline. And uh, I felt like I had, you know. 21 days in me then uh, before really feeling it. Uh, it's day six, and I'm already feeling it. Because I was calling two or three games a day, wasn't I? And you were hosting yeah. the, the halftime shows. That's right. That's right. You you did three straight games. Oh, my God. Yeah. I forgot that. Crazy. We didn't take Could the you imagine ever? if Portugal lost, Danny? I hope it be. I Copa America? Yeah, that would be No, no. Brutal. I mean, if Portugal lost the other day, your days would be getting longer. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. I mean, if it wasn't for that offside flag going up in Budapest, the 61,000 strong. God, Portugal's beating themselves. Um, there's, It's a real – you guys have known me well long enough and well enough to know the Portuguese trait of, you know, uh, self-hate. And when you're around people who are also hating on themselves, then you start to hate on each other. And that happened the 72nd minute mark. And uh, thank God that that offside flag went up. Otherwise, that match would have ended in a horrible then, fashion for Portugal. And then Ronaldo got subbed on and, and scored right. two goals. Hadn't seen him all game, pretty much. But uh, he did what he does nowadays, and that just pops up out of nowhere. And then he scores two goals. R- ridiculous. We've seen quite a few offside calls eh, so far, like close ones. I think they've been right. Got me thinking, is it time we ditched the offside rule? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm serious, right? So, so the offside rule came into play. I, I, I listened to this. 1863 is when it the first the first variation of the offside rule came into play. 18, maybe it's time to give it a try without. What do you think, Greg? Former without goalkeeper, offside. Do you know how yeah. different that would be? Do you think they still just throw everyone in the box and just long ball football would would win out? Given how we play the game now, would it be straight away to just goal poaching? Yeah, I'd be standing right in the box. I'd be down the other end. It would change the game completely. And anyone who's ever played pickup or played with uh, a varying age difference has always dealt with the cherry picker that you can't stand. There's a 62-year-old guy that keeps coming out to construction worker soccer. He is the worst with cherry picking. Carmine. And he's always complaining at me for being slow. Get out of here. Get on side. <laughs> this guy's 85 years old and he's calling you slow? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the North American <laughs> Soccer League. Remember, the North American Soccer League had the offside rule uh, uh, at the 35-yard line. Really? Yep. Did it make? What it does out? that mean? What does that mean? It only starts at the 35-yard line. It was like yeah, a hard line, like a blue line, line. 
Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, okay. But it was so, it, fixed? it was fixed like a blue line in hockey. Oh, it was a fixed line. Yeah, just like yeah, thirty-five oh. yard line, and then they also used that for the shootout that you had five seconds to get your shot off. Didn't have to be in the net, but you had to get your shot off within five seconds. Starting at the thirty-five yard <laughs> line, breakaway. You know, I hate, I, I hate to rail on B again here. I'm sorry, B, but I can't not. This is a great opportunity for a joke here, right? Would you be able to dribble from that 35-yard line within five seconds and get a shot? <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey. It was sitting there for me, right? It was. It was you it know was, what? It was you, a sitter. You would. You'd just be shooting from 30, <laughs> oh, 33 yards. <laughs> You'd be yeah. like the Haitian keeper. <laughs> oh, that poor bastard. Poor guy. The Haitian keeper or me? Yeah. Can you imagine that you that being your shot from thirty five yards after stumbling around for dribbles in? God, ricochet. No, that was great. Knee and a foot. Well done. Man. You took you took that better than Burak Yilmaz took his uh, chance today that he Ibrahimovic'd over the bar. Yeah, talk about panic. What about it's Gareth not- Bale's uh, penalty over the bar? How's a butte too? Yeah, he's well, he's so-, so far. He's so used to hitting long drives on the golf course that it was that's what he did from the penalty spot. Nice. Yeah, it's it's, it's nice some good moments. Iron. Some good moments. Are you, are you enjoying it so far? I mean, I'm all joking aside, I actually really am enjoying it. There's been some oh. decent matches, there's been some, some great moments, some some almost tragic moments, obviously, but it seems there's been a lot of football crammed into these these five days or whatever it is so far. More than it more than there actually has been. Um it's been nonstop and I, I think if there's one theme that's kind of arisen for me is that we're really seeing the the haves and the have-nots here. There's a gulf between the teams that we thought would be good, so far have been good, and pretty much the other middle-of-the-pack teams have been just that, not quite good enough. And I think you're going to see that the champion coming out of that that pack of, be it Portugal, Italy, who are superb today, England, and uh, obviously um, France, you know, the world champions, them too. Is that what's kind of like shaping the tournament for you right now as well? I think the Italian side has just looked outstanding in so many ways. I just love the way Mancini's got them playing. You know, they, when you watch the the movement, and even that long-range shot this, for the second goal, the movement, the darting runs in behind, pulling the defenders, just creating enough space, even even just to have a crack from that distance. But they're, the defenders don't know what's going on. Like, they attack with lots of space and lots of numbers. Like it's not... It's not a really slow buildup whatsoever when they, they decide to go. And it's not it's a traditional watch. Not a traditionally Italian team either. Yeah, very, very fun to watch. And you can see a lot of these players that had, had really big seasons in the Serie A. And I watched a lot of Serie A, but I didn't I wasn't watching Sassuolo if they weren't playing a big team. You know, I, I didn't I didn't see all those games that Locatelli and, and Berardi were lighting it up. I'm um, just kind of read about them having great seasons, and so seeing that the Mancini's team and you know lacking the the star names, yeah, I definitely wrote them off and thought that they might play good as a unit. But are they really gonna you know be able to to light things up and go far? And God, I wouldn't want to face them in the knockout stages. Mm. They're gonna they're only gonna get better. I think. I think well, there's a num- number of countries if you're supporting them are feeling pretty good about themselves. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's so, really so. open. What is their Something like 16 of the top 25 countries in the world are at this tournament. So, you know, I mean, the, the standard's incredibly high. And, you know, any one of these teams, as we've seen over the previous years, uh, 
can contend for it. I mean, I'm surprised Turkey actually have really been as poor as they have as far as putting points on the board. Awful. Or putting goals in the back of the net. They only conceded three in ten qualifiers, and they've given up five in uh, two matches at the Euros. And they look Yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Turkey have been been awful. Um, looking at Italy's, you know, two results, and yeah, I mean, I agree they've been probably the story so far as far as good attacking football is concerned. But they played a poor, poor Turkey team, and they played Switzerland, who are pretty poor today as well. You know, lacked any kind of, from what I saw, any kind of desire and push in that match. So Italy, maybe it's because of the way Italy's playing, but I still need to see Italy against a, a real contender in the knockout round. Mm-hmm. And the way it goes right now, they could meet Belgium in the quarterfinals and they would find out what they are. Um, but so far, yeah, they've been the most impressive team, albeit they played two games and the other teams haven't played two games yet. Um, but man, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Catanaccio is dead, isn't it? By the looks of things. Oh, Thank Christ. Mate. Well, I think they I think they can do that as well. Well, they 10 clean sheets right in a row, I think, isn't it? They Close don't to. concede goals. They don't lose games easily. And if they get knocked out of this tournament, it's going to be probably, well, it'll be by a goal or be penalties. They didn't, they didn't seem to skip a beat when Chiellini had to leave with, uh, you know, what seems like perhaps proactive load, load management. They did say hamstring strain that they were, uh, you know, cautious of. But with it, when a chair came in, I mean, I, I thought Mbolo looked very good for Switzerland in that first game. And I, he was trying. He was trying to give Italy trouble, and he just wasn't able to at all. I thought that Italy were just a, a lock from from top to bottom. They were so strong. Do you rest players now, uh, given that they've qualified already? Uh, do you rest them at this point for the last game, or do you want to get them a little bit hardened? 100% you rest them. 100%. You've got the depth of talent. That's why you've got a, a team built the way that it is, and I think that you can also still play the same way. You want to give these guys a run out that are part of the squad. You want to see you know, who might pop up and be someone you can rely on in the knockout stages. You can see it in that third game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I agree. I agree with you. I think they'll do that as well. I mean, is there a chance they can still finish second in their group, Italy? I haven't looked. Well, let's see. So, as it stands right now, the winner of Group A, they play the runner-up in Group C, okay? So, um, Group C will likely be, well, Netherlands, maybe, you know, who knows, Ukraine, whatever. So, the next round isn't that challenging. But if they finish second in Group A, for example, um, where are we here? Where's runner-up in Group A? Uh, Play runner-up in Group B, right? Which could be... Well, probably Denmark or Russia or who knows, right? This is wide open at this point. So there isn't really that big a difference finishing first or second, I don't think, for them in this group. So maybe they do rest players and just say, what the hell? You know, who cares what happens in the next game? Just get our guys healthy. Just get cleanly healthy and ready to go. Mm-hmm. I, I let, some other, let some of the other squad players come in too. Yeah. Keep, I also- keep everybody happy. Sorry to keep cutting you off, Craig. I also don't know if Mancini started, you know, this tournament knowing for sure his best eleven. I think that he might he still has some some question marks with some other guys that he'd like to see and give a chance. I mean, who would have thought Federico Chiesa would not be involved in six goals in their first two games? Yeah, it's a good point. Well, but Verratti's been out still through injury. Surely when he's healthy, he walks back in that team, but for who? Look at Delhi's yeah. been incredible. He's been the best player, arguably. Yeah, and I wonder if Verratti would even give them as much as Locatelli, you know, has been able to. Because I, I thought, you know, 
uh, Spinazzolo got all the attention from the first match, but Locatelli played well in that opening game, and he just was so full of confidence and, and you know, roaring and ready to go. Uh, there's a guy that's going to move for a lot of money this summer, you'd think. Oh, God, the rumor mills have started already, haven't they? It's so boring. Every single good performance and players are linked, aren't they? It's crazy at the moment. Avoid any tabloid, put it that way, because it's boring. Yeah. I mean, we started the show for seven minutes talking about cats and our lives and that, and you really think that. <laughs> I'd rather discuss cats now. and Pekingese dogs than, than transfer rumors at this point. It used to be fun when they actually meant something, but now there's just so many. You know, you, you read a story and you find a source, and it's some fan they met on the street. <laughs> it's crazy. So Italy's impressed us. Who else would you say has stood out? I know it's still early to say who stood out, but let's look at that France game yesterday, the performance against Germany. Um, I think Germany were as we kind of expected, but did France impress you? Was that what you expected? Are they just starting nicely at a nice pace? Well, I don't think it was much in the game. I don't think the French really overwhelmed, for sure. Um, But you had to expect that the Germans are going to be better than what we probably thought. They're going to be always competitive. And they grinded out a result. Um, And all the way through any of these tournaments, I don't think these games are always going to be pretty. Um, So they'll be happy that they won a game that they uh, weren't particularly good in. And France win ugly games, don't they? That's what they're best at. They're a bit like Portugal in that way. That yeah. they'll just uh, find a way. I mean, what is it? Four, four, I think it's four clean sheets at the World Cup. And one more now at Euro. Deschamps doesn't give a crap about style at this point. He's got the players to play that way if he needs it. And I think he gives Paul Pogba a little bit of freedom. But apart from that, I mean, they're just so hard to break down. They are almost like the new Germany. It's like Germany used to be, right? <laughs> you yeah, can't break yeah. them down. I didn't. I didn't realize until the commentator said it, and uh, I now I don't even remember who it was. But that the only shot on target. Uh, this was after the hour mark, but before the seventy fifth was the own goal. It felt as though you know France was was creating chances, and they just, they just weren't hitting the target. But I mean, Griezmann looked better than I thought, and Kylian Mbappe. There was a moment he had a. Mats Hummels had a ten yard head start, and Mbappe beat him and got around him, and then Hummels lunged in to take him down and on another night I think that would have been a penalty if that was in, in Paris I think that may have been a penalty he was lucky to what would it. you pay to watch uh, you know on primetime TV a hundred meter race between Alfonso Davies and Kylian Mbappe uh, yeah. Decent, wouldn't it uh, yeah and you know who else I'd like to see in there too Wonger a DK Metcalf who actually tried his hand at running in, in, in oh yeah, yeah 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 I would, the, like, I would like to see Seattle Seattle wide receiver yes That'd be cool, actually. All the quickest athletes yeah. in the world who aren't track and field stars, the quickest athletes in team sports, get them together like a, an old superstars type of thing. Right? I love superstars. It'd be so great, wouldn't it? Is that Brian not what the, Brian, what the yeah. Brian Budd show was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Brian Budd dominated like do- <laughs> to the point where they, they brought in the Brian Budd rule where you couldn't win it, I think, more than three times. Wow. That's right. Because they couldn't have this no-name soccer player beating NFL legends, right? It's embarrassing. It's not good for the brand. Yeah, they literally made up a rule to get rid of him. Wow. He is Budgie's, so Budgie, fit. Budgie's thing was uh, pull-ups, chin-ups, wasn't it? He was incredible. And he told me once, he goes, Shams, it's all in the wrists. It's in the wrists, push-up, pull-ups. Like, yeah. No, it's not. It's way more than that, Budgie. Oh, well, he could do everything well, though. He like, could, he yeah, yeah. Sit-ups, and oh, my goodness. He was- They'd have rowing. He'd win rowing. <laughs> <laughs> was he doing the pull-ups in the studio? 
I can I can picture you know on the from the from the old studio towards the lunchroom. I can picture a ledge there in that green room. Is that where we used, <laughs> used to do them? You know what? Now you mention it, I think I have seen Budge do a, a pull up, but I don't know where it was. It may I used well to be in studio. I used to see him crush pizzas. Remember on those NFL oh, yeah. Sundays, he'd, he'd do to... the old double double pizza sandwich, oh. wouldn't he? <laughs> then it was then it was like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Budgie lift hard. Good what a legend loss. he was. He loved a good tournament, man. He loved Euros and World Cups. So I first met actually Budgie in the I think it was the 2002 World Cup. He was uh, the in studio analyst. I think that's when he first came aboard. Well, long sounds time about ago right. Now. Yeah, long time ago. Now back to this Euro though. So we discussed France a little bit. Boy, we've got to talk about Portugal, who, who did play well. I mean, listen, you're right. It's a nervy, nervy times there. It's funny. We were, we were texting back and forth, Wonga and Dunlop and myself, and we could just sense how, how nervous you were, be. And then it all changed in a flash. And in the end, it was a pretty convincing well, win. We also have to mention that uh, we didn't see – we were doing our sports interaction update, and we didn't see Duddy – because I don't think you could pull yourself away from the TV. From the halftime show. At the halftime. Like, what were, you, what were you doing? Were your knuckles all red because you chewed off your nails? No, it was – no, I'm – well, are we talking about just the match or, or Euro 2020 so far? It was just clock management of the day, and I thought okay. for, my emotion, for my emotional well-being, you know what? You guys can do footy picks without me, and just for the – if clock management – I, I went without, but uh, no, God, we we, we want broken Dunlop on the show. Broken Dunlop's great. Oh yeah, you know, like yeah. just shreds vulnerable. of humanity. Vulnerable from Dunlop. Dunlop. Don't worry, that's coming. That's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we all have it. Charms, we were mentioning Danilo, like the amount the Hungarians, the amount of faking the fall and the acting, and the, it was hor- That was the worst game. Other yeah, than, I, look, I was cheering for Portugal, but the amount of guys faking it and falling down and, oh, my God, I got my ankle stepped on. And these guys were getting blown up when they, like, it was like they were getting shot. It was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. You know it was the worst game. It's it was the worst game. It's interesting to hear that from from your perspective, Wonger, because, I, God, I'm just so bloody used to it. And to be well, honest. Dude, I, I, sorry, I, I was actually telling Sharms, I was embarrassed for the hungarian captain he did a Salah. couple you know, yes exactly i and then beautiful, Danilo, hair. beautiful hair he kept fixing it the whole time but looky 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 like he was going hungry's yeah a little bit look it's crazy go. it's crazy the comparison that might be the if not the best top five looky likeies i've seen in football owen hargraves but you're gonna throw an accent in there and there'll be like a, a v under the c and it would yeah. be Misspelled. What's that called? I don't know. Axantegu <laughs> is the only one that I know that has a name. I don't know what you call in Portuguese, but you call it the little five on the bottom of a C that makes the uh, C uh, uh, sound. In French, it's C-C-D. That's yeah. what that one is. Well, C-N-G do not speak French. so Still, it's impressive. I give Portugal credit. You know, they came out and rather than drawing a game in the group phase, like they did three times last time out, they got their first win. Yeah, and once that, once that shot went in, I was surprised to see them get three, if that's what you're going to ask, yeah. But, I mean, you could just see the, the mood change. As I was saying, that they were 
beating up themselves. They were they were beating themselves. You could you could just see them shouting and you know, you made the joke that we hadn't seen Ronaldo for 70 minutes. I saw him flapping his arms every time someone did something he didn't want. He was vocal <laughs> as hell. You could there was 61,000 in there and you can still hear him. Like it was a Premier League game without any fans. So I thought that they were they're beating each other up and you you got to get lucky breaks and when good teams, you know, smell blood in the water and recognize a tired side which Hungary were after 80 minutes. They took over. If only the matches were 80 minutes long, Hungary would come away with a point. What do you think uh, we're going to see from Denmark tomorrow? Man, I don't know. Emotional. I don't know. I mean, listen, from a purely footballing standpoint, they need Ericsson. He's their best player. He's a talisman. And without their best player, it it could be a heart issue or it could be a strained hamstring. Same deal tomorrow, right? They're going to struggle to create anything, yeah. And I, I think that could be what what cost them in this tournament now, which is so unfair and disappointing as well. I think for all of us who, who want to see, you know, Denmark, who I think we, we picked a dark horse team, but them in Turkey and Turkey's let us down. Maybe they can still do it, but um, yeah, I don't know about you, Craig, but I think it's just such a huge blow if you get emotionally, just purely from a footballing sense. Well, we're going to see because the manager is going to put everything on them. Like this is going to be backs against the wall and. And, you know, do it for Christian and all that, do it for everything. I think they're even uh, agreed Belgium to stop the game. Yeah. A Christian appreciation moment in the 10th minute or something like that. or His number. Are yeah. they really? I haven't heard that. That's great. So yeah. so what? In the, when the minute that it happened, they're going to just stop and just... Apparently so. If Belgium have, if Belgium have possession, they're going to kick the ball out. I don't want to be... I don't want to be harsh here. You know, you know my thoughts about what happened. But come on. Do you need to do that? Yeah. When I do what? Stop the game in the 10th minute. I got no choice. What are you going to do? Keep playing? No, no, but in 10th minute, they're doing it to honor him, right? Right? To honor him. Well, I mean, thank Christ he's not dead, but he's not dead. I'm, I'm, seriously, I don't want to be you know, cold here. I don't think you need to do that. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you're you're as cold as those fridges. The visor vaccines are sitting in, buddy. No, you're I, right though. You're 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 right in a way. Like it's like it's, okay. it's when guys wear a t-shirt with a, the teammate's name because he blew his knee out the week before. Like, okay, listen, the guy. I don't know. I don't want to sound like a prick here. I don't, but I think. You know, what happened, happened. It's really sad. Thank Christ he's okay as far as, you know, his life can continue. Hopefully he'll keep playing. We don't know that. It's like any injury, we don't know. Um, but I think that's a bit much. Really and if do. it happened, just saying, if it didn't happen on the field, if it happened in the tunnel or in the dressing room, and it wasn't so dramatic, spectacular, and everybody sees it, and, you know, it would be different. They wouldn't be stopping it, would they? No, they wouldn't. From a football standpoint, though, saying, you know, you're interested to see what we see from from Denmark, uh, listening to the coach speak about just how confident they were. And he was, you know, talking about had this not happened, where their space was, where their headspace was and their their approach. And they're just they're going out with that exact same approach. And he didn't make any reference to the fact that they're they're fueled by this now. And having had a few days to sit on it, constant communication with him, seeing him being okay, you know, think about the final. Obviously not the same comparison, but when Ronaldo went down in the final, Portugal did just enough to get through extra time and then found a way to win. And if you if you watch that match back, 
you know, France really didn't weren't able to take advantage, and France were the considerably better side on paper. So I'm looking at this match kind of being the same way that there might be that je ne sais quoi that they channel, and they're able to. Um, you know, here I'm speaking French, and they're able to take <laughs> take over. But do you think though? I mean, that in that situation, so all week in the build up to that final, right? What's the first thing France are talking about? How do we handle Ronaldo? Who's going to take on Ronaldo? Ronaldo, 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 right? And then he gets injured. And now like, oh, shit, there goes our game plan. I'm glad he's out <laughs> and all, but we've been preparing for this guy for how long, right? I haven't heard that take. That's amazing. I haven't heard that take. Five years. I, I, how have I, I never heard something. this take? I just think, you know, and, and I think that it's, it's very dangerous when, when teams say we're going to do it for the Gipper, right? Mm-hmm. It's nice when it works, but often it doesn't work. And they still lose. Name we don't discuss it. Don't say what a great story it was. You know, wow! I remember when they called and they said this. He kind of has a very short memory. We, we forget that. But we're the Grim Reaper tonight, aren't you? <laughs> I'm really yeah, quite so, tired. So hold on. So, so what? But what are you saying that they shouldn't be playing this match now? No, no, no. I'm not saying that at all. They should be playing the match now. They shouldn't be stopping the game in the tenth minute to honor Christian Eriksen. Okay, I'm going to let you sit on that one alone. But, um, no, but you know, they need I, I to win, though. Like, I, I, they need they need to win. They can't grind out a, a Portuguese nil niller. They need they, to win because their group is like everybody. Everybody's got to win now, right? No, you're, you're right. Belgium you're right. It won't I, be easy. I, so it's the gesture. I, I think. I think to me that the gesture is is you know non interruptive in the gameplay for either side. It's nice. Listen, it's nice. I, I get it. It's not going to really affect anything. So go right ahead, do it. I just don't think it's necessary. That's my point. But is it the Bel- is it Belgium's team that is doing it, or is it like one of those UEFA? Because UEFA looks like dinks all through this. They they're the worst people, on, and you don't even know if it's true or not. That Denmark was threatened with a three nothing loss. Like, is, w- w- where do we stand on that whole? Is UEFA as evil as we think they are? And if they are, Super League. <laughs> yeah, seriously, great point. I wrote in the Toronto Star today that any goodwill that they won over and the anti Super League sentiment that swept over the world is completely gone by how they handled. Oh, this it's incredible situation. Oh, what a bunch horrible. of scumbags! Not a how single person in those players. Three options. Three options. One is to play it that day, like within two hours, or you play it the next day at noon, which no one wants to do. Or, sorry, it's a three three nil forfeit. It's brutal. The the solution the solution is to say to Finland and to Denmark, listen, guys, we don't want to play this game. No one here in this stadium wants to play this game right now. Are you okay with a draw, a point each? I think they both have jumped at that, don't you? Yeah, and I know it's been made before but there's also protocols in place for covid for 48 hours which that you could have you know accommodated a rescheduling and how could they not have made the exception here craig you played professionally you have that, that uber competitive streak and you, you understand you, you, i'm sure you can put yourself in their shoes where do you stand on this it's a difficult one for everybody because it's also a difficult one for broadcasting for organization for you know for fans like what like officials where does everybody go hotels like you can see why they wanted to get it done and under the circumstances it was really good news coming uh, out of the hospital and that he was doing well and he was going to pull through i don't think at that time that the danish players were overly vocal 
Like your dog. Whose <laughs> dog is it? Is it Charms or is it Bees? It's, it's, my, it's my dog. That should have been Schmeichel at the at the UEFA members. <laughs> it should have been. <laughs> but it's actually Belgium, you know, I think that's uh, uh, not sure that are, are talking about doing this and kicking the ball out in the 10th minute to applaud him, Lukaku being his member, a team member of his at, uh, you know, Inter and whatnot. So, um. All right, so so Belgium's attacking, right? Edge of the eighteen yard box. It's three against one. Are they kicking it out of bounds? <laughs> like fuck they are. <laughs> yeah, Lukaku's gonna go, yeah, number ten, Ericsson, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You better off score the goal and then run to the camera again. Ah, uh, yeah. He might it's a murky one. It's a difficult one. I know. What would they have done if, he, deal, if it didn't pull through? Then it would have been just a moment's silence before yeah. the game. Yeah, you wonder what would have happened. I mean, thank God we didn't get to the point where we have to even discuss that, right? But, I mean, what are the contingencies in place for death on the field at a tournament? I mean, if they weren't in place already, they must be now, you would think, just in case. I don't know. What a conversation for them to be having. I, I mean, I still can't get past the point that they've – Established these the scheduling safety net for for COVID. You know, there's a plan for COVID, and yet here they, you know, supposedly put the ultimatum to the players. It truly is disgusting that there was not someone sensitive and aware enough to you know take the decision out of their hands. I know I said it with you, but you do, and Craig, you know, you got to protect the players from themselves at times. And no one involved in that match was in the right frame of mind to make the decision on going out there to replay. That should have been taken out of their hands. Do you think uh, has, has a tournament bounced back now? Is it back with its with its momentum again uh, after that? Because obviously it's day two. It was early on, but I mean it really did put a shadow over a couple of days. I think. Mm. Uh, do you do you feel like now it's in the past and now it's everything's moving forward the way it should be? I think so. I think so. You know, going back to that, remember um, the Heisel disaster. The two teams played. Liverpool played. Who is it? Juventus, right? Mm-hmm. It's Juventus. After they knew there was how many people had been killed, but they thought it people died, worse right? Thirty-nine people play. died. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just think about that. UEFA haven't got a soul. Yeah, let's be honest. They haven't got a soul. And for three days, when we felt like the Super League was the worst thing ever, we forgot that. Defending, I think we were, I think we had our suspicions still, didn't we? We still had our suspicions that UEFA were using this as a great PR move for them, but at the same time, they must have known a little bit more than perhaps they were letting on, right? So, hey, listen, governing bodies, I don't care whether they're called UEFA, FIFA, the IOC, they're all the bloody same. Let's Speaking of bodies, why are we looking at Craig's uh, lower midsection all of a sudden? Good question, Showing us his lost testicle. <laughs> well, you, you guys are going to lose me as a host in a minute here. You did you mention testicle? Yeah, I did. We just saw. We just saw you're the only one remaining because you just showed us your package shot of this camera. Thank you for that. <laughs> well, let's move on here. We, uh, they put we, tape on the thing because uh, the light is just just went super super bright. <laughs> is it, isn't it like a little remote control light, Craig? Or is it like manual? I've got a little remote control thingy. You don't even you guys need like, 
We're not doing yeah. video. We're doing a podcast. Yeah, you guys and your <laughs> you guys and your fucking poshy TV jobs and your damn equipment. <laughs> I, I do. Hey, have listen, to mention, we, we, though, we should. We've been all over the media. Aga 960, Sportsnet Radio, Sportsnet Digital, Sportsnet National, Tim and Friends, Toronto Star Dunny. I mean, God. Yeah, I, was with, uh, I, was with, I was with Dean Blundell today as well. Uh, Dean, yeah. So just incredible amount of, I mean, and our Twitter and sports interaction stuff. We're, we're killing it, fellas. Thanks, everybody, around. for the we support. We get around. We're like whoring ourselves at the moment. Um, but we should move on quickly because I know B's got to go. Um, we do a shortish podcast today because he's a such a martyr for our cause. You know, his, his wife Elena got back in town like half an hour ago. She'd been out yeah. for like how long? Like a month? A few weeks? Uh, she'd been gone for about six or seven weeks. Right, and she just stepped in the door, and B goes, "Sorry, love, I've got a podcast to record." I bet yeah. that went down like a house on fire. Yeah. <laughs> No, she was super understanding. She's always been. If she only knew that I'm looking at Craig deal with his lighting situation and uh, talking about you mean talking about just, the Euros. She just got home now, Danny? Yeah. Like just now. She's. I can hear her fixing dinner up there, and here I am talking with you guys. <laughs> you got making dinner for you as talk. well? Yeah, that's What? Right. Jesus, what's your secret? Well done. Wow. Yeah. So before we go, we must mention Canada, Haiti. And what happened in that match? Um, first of all, um, one second. Oi! Get out of there! <laughs> By the way, the answer the, box. the answer Disgusting. to the secret: twelve inches <laughs> from the ground or all the way around. Um, but you know, Canada advanced to, to the final <laughs> round. Jesus, going, Jesus Christ! He uses, going, um, he uses it to hold up his pants. <laughs> That explains why you're so slow. <laughs> That's right. And why is she still with him? He's tripping on it. <laughs> um, so Canada's into the octagon now. The final qualifying is fantastic. But I want to talk about the goal, the own goal, one of the best own goals we, we've ever seen. I want to hear it from Craig's perspective as a goalkeeper. Craig, did you have sympathy for the kid or were you just guffawing uncontrollably? Well, after seeing it for the tenth time, I was I honestly I was so bad I I thought maybe he kicked in his own net on purpose. Like it's just it's incredibly bad. Like the ball wasn't even moving, it wasn't bobbling. He he did take his eye off it and then when he went to swing at it he <laughs> hit it with his standing leg. And he that took was it in himself. <laughs> It felt like the Kawhi Leonard four-bounce shot because he missed it three times and then kicked it in himself. <laughs> it was Brendan Dunlop's school of goalkeeping. <laughs> it kind of sums up the uh, the the whole oh the whole group of teams they played. To be fair, like just the sums it up. Haiti was just they were really bad. Like they they they've been better in the past for sure. But we'll take it. We'll take it. It's going to get tough from here on in because now we're going to be you're talking about actual professionals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's, it's true. I'm going to ask you about that in, in that there's a lot of happiness and celebration right now in the Canadian soccer fraternity. And I get it. You know, we should celebrate good things. There haven't been that many over the last 20 years around Canadian soccer. So it's great. But at the same time, 
we have to have a bit of a reality check, don't we? And the opponents they've played, they've done their job. It's not their fault that they've been drawn with. They've done their job. They've beaten them well. But now we can begin to judge this team properly against proper opponents. Well, that's right. I mean, that's where we, you know, football people have to be very careful, even the Canadian Soccer Association, to be very careful about how they go about it and uh, tempering it a little bit and being honest about it, really about the situation and and where they're at. Um, it's been a stretch of games against minnows and, and amateur players. Uh, they've performed well, and we've said it from the get-go that I thought that if they got straight into the oct as opposed to playing these games, there'd be a lot more pressure on them as opposed to at least spending a great deal of time together beating up on teams, gaining confidence even more so than they already had because of their club uh, uh, situations where most of them were just had a great year. So all in all, uh, they managed it well. They had to play the games. It could have gone horribly wrong. It didn't. And now they're in a situation where I think they're, they've got the third best squad in, in CONCACAF going into that group. I think so. I think they do have the third best squad, but I mean, you know, going up against Costa Rica and going up against Jamaica, even as well, teams that have been there before know how to compete at this level. That's going to be tough and that's going to test them. But on paper, they're strong. And I think the time that they've had in this camp with, uh, you know, nearly a month they've been together is immeasurable. There's not going to be a, a, you know, a real way to pinpoint on, on, on what they, they took from this. I think you're going to see it on the pitch and you're going to see it real evolution and also to their advantages how quick these uh, games will come 14 matches they're playing between the end of september i think or the middle of september and the beginning of march it's a lot of football and it kicks off at home as well against honduras um wherever home is we we, we expect it to be back in canada in front of stadiums at, at that point whether it's toronto whether it's vancouver i don't really care at this point um but well, that's I think a it, massive it, game. Yeah, and, and by the way, that is something too, I, I think that is the, very important for the squad to start to think about uh, where the games are going to be and who's going to be there. Um, I would expect no matter what happens, uh, there's going to be several thousand Honduran fans make their way inside a game uh, in Canada. And it's going to uh, maybe catch some of these younger players off guard expecting a really pro-Canadian crowd. I think we're going to have it, but they are maybe a small group of Honduran fans, a few thousand, but they will be loud and supportive. Mm-hmm. Remember that we had a game, Canada World Cup qualifying, Canada <laughs> against Honduras in Montreal. The game was sponsored by BMO, way to go. <laughs> and they handed out those big clappers Understood. Blue and white, the same colors as Honduras. <laughs> so the crowd was just a sea of blue and white clappers. It was, it, it was unbelievable. It was so, so the big like that since the uh, the steel Jamaican steel band and the, the limbo dancers in Vancouver <laughs> before the Jamaican game. I thought that was that was a nice touch by the association. <laughs> So the big advantage in having this game in September, whether they put it in Regina, which I think would be amazing, like it doesn't need to be in Ontario, or even put it in Halifax and sell it, sell out uh, the stadium where HFX Wanderers play there. You're not going to have the traveling pack from the south because I don't think that the border restrictions will be, you know, released enough uh, to to have the traveling contingent that usually comes up comes up. 
So I don't think that the the, the fans are going to be um, that big of a factor. And I also think, regardless of where they play, for these 14 games, I hope, but I do believe that you're going to see Canadian fans really come out. It's, it's going to be red and white fans in the in the stands. You'll still have a, a couple of thousand because we are, you know, a diverse population, and and it's a comfortable place to to support the opposition if uh, if you so choose, and that's where your allegiance is. But mm-hmm. I think Canadian fans are going to be as loud as they've ever been. Let's hope so. I remember back uh, at BMO when the U.S. game we were there, of course, Canada won. That was very red and very loud and very yeah. Canadian. And that was more. It was than also half empty. Well, the seats were red. Yes, yes, you're right. It was very red. <laughs> was it, was it half empty? Seats were was red. It, <laughs> it was, was half. Yeah. It was half empty. Remember, 14, remember we were going, if this was a TFC game, it would yeah. be on a Tuesday night against Columbus. It would be packed. Yeah, but. Everything's changed, and then you know you got this. You know when the games used to be on, you know, sort of mainstream sports television, they would promote the game because it was in their best interest as the network, and that would eventually you know sell tickets because people would hear about it. It basically silenced. So a lot of people in the football world were even saying, "I, I didn't even know the game was on." Yeah, new mm-hmm. competition as well. People still coming to terms with what the hell is the Nations League? Does it really matter? So. Mm. there's so much competition in the marketplace, but I think that people are yearning for it. And when games come back in this country, people are going to turn up because this team is worth watching. Well, let's what see. A line, what a lineup of team um, this Canada oh. and the States have. That lineup was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was. It's the yeah. CSA, right? It's in their, ball, in their court right now. The CSA's court. If, if it's not full, it's their fault. Simple as that. Spend some money. Advertise this thing. These are enormous games. The biggest games we've seen for a very long time. Well, the trouble is, though, Charms, you say spend money. I mean, they're obviously have to be strapped when it comes to cash, a certain a certain amount, I would think, mm-hmm. for this pandemic and fees and things like that, that they've, they have to be short on that. Maybe we should get somebody on and we can talk about uh, where they're going to spend the money as they yeah. prepare. You know, we'll, we'll get uh, Nick Bontis on at some point and talk to him for sure about this because – Regardless if there's money or not, then get creative. Figure it out because you've got to spend money to make money. And guess what, guys? Qualifying for a World Cup will bring a lot of money in to Canadian soccer. A ton well, of you know what? You're right, Charms. And it's going to uh, springboard everything else to 26. Exactly. The gift exactly. of 26, we know, well, it's not a certainty we're going to get a spot for sure. Right? None of we, them we assume we're going to get a spot. We assume. We assume. Governing bodies. Governing bodies. We need a little jingle for that. You can insert a transition. You can insert right. any musical transition you want because this is the moment where I bid you adieu. I've given you far too much of my time. Okay, Love listen, you. we'll go one, one thing to get to, B, before you leave, right? And then we'll all of us say goodbye. Um, that, that mistake by the goalkeeper, right, got me thinking. Uh, Craig, what was the worst goal you ever conceded? Well, and, and was it televised? Because we'll try yeah, and can we find it, it? Is it on YouTube more important? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can find it. It's out there. <laughs> yeah, there were nine of them. No, no, on, no, no, not that. It wasn't that game. I don't think it was that the game when we got stuffed there. Well, <laughs> I didn't consider losing four nil getting stuffed, but it was a ball right along the right along the goal line on a cross, and it was on the deck. Aztec, 120,000 people. And I thought it was going to hit the post. It was so close and it was just behind it. So I tried to read it that it was going to 
nick the post and and go out into the middle to one of their players and it didn't <laughs> so it it kind of just hit my knee and went in the side netting it was it was an ugly one yeah the place went absolutely berserk what year so we can look it up I'm not telling you four zip though against mexico correct playing for team the i think it was i think it might have been a four nil or yeah, it wow. lives on the internet. Well, well, you know, I'm sure one of our loyal listeners will find it for us and paste it all over the webosphere. That's great. Yeah. yeah, Wonger, here's the task for you: just Google Translate, find the Spanish version of "giant ass Canadian goalkeeper lets in howler at Azteca," and it'll come up. All right, sounds good. We'll do that. <laughs> I'm only excited for that. It wasn't, it wasn't as bad as you thought. <laughs> Hey, Dunny, what do you think your uh, your performance is going to be tonight out of 10? <laughs> probably <laughs> probably a, a three. I might be – I'm still out of practice. I'll be like turkey. <laughs> Apparently, it's out of 12 anyway, not out of 10. One, so. I'll just give you one tip. You shouldn't have gone in. You don't go in with a loaded gun. <laughs> <laughs> you have time still. I, I knew, uh, you know. Not to I knew, us, though. Not to us. I knew, that's awkward. No, no, no. It's too late. It's too late. <laughs> I, I knew there was a reason I needed you guys in my life. and Too late. Now I know it. Sexual advice from Craig Forrest. That should sexual be a Sexual advice. <laughs> All right, sponsorships. Get to your chores there, B. For for and, more Dunlop, uh, you can listen to Headers and Footers, the new <laughs> Toronto Star Show, available wherever you get your podcasts and nightly on YouTube. <laughs> yes, indeed. And you can catch us every day, of course, as we uh, we work with sports interaction and try and make sense of this crazy tournament. But thank you for joining us, everyone. Craig, Wonger, JC. We'll do this again after the end of match day two, I think, right? Is that the plan? Yeah. Whenever the hell that is. We give it thirty seconds. If we give it thirty seconds, Danny will be back on here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on that note, we'll see you next time. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns